Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hello, I'm Richard Hattersley and welcome to No Accounting for Taste. On the show this week, we're discussing ICAW's plans to tighten up CPD requirements, which will see the Institute shift away from the current model to an hours-based model. We'll also cover all the latest news from the world of accountancy, including plans for the FRC to take control of audit registrations and the company's house reform, which is safe to say has caused a lot of debate on the counter web as small companies will have to file their profit and loss accounts. Joining me in the AccountWeb pod studio is our technology editor, Tom Herbert. Hello, Tom. Hello, Richard. And in Accountants Corner today, we are delighted to welcome back to the studio, coach, author, founder of Minerva Accountants, it's Della Hudson. Hello, Richard. Well, Della, you've been on the podcast virtually throughout the COVID pandemic, but this is the first time that you're back in the studio since I think January 2020. And I think it's safe to say that quite a lot has actually changed since <laughs> since you were last here in person. And uh, we, we spoke, I think at the time, about self-assessment and how you were such a pro after a number of years doing it. So um, who knows what we should talk about today. Um, and Della, it's also worth noting that you're a judge this year in the Accounting Excellence Awards. Um, the deadline to get your entries in is Friday the 29th of April. So if you're hoping to lift a trophy at this year's awards, head over to accountingexcellence.co.uk and enter today. This year, we have several new categories, including Audit Team of the Year, Breakout Star of the Year, the AccountWeb Pride Award for Philanthropic Efforts and Community Work, and Software Newcomer of the Year. So Della, as a judge on the awards, what do you kind of look for in a successful entry? I love seeing what people have been up to. Um, but when it comes to judging, it's a case of factual information. We're accountants. We should be really good at putting in, you know, this is what we've done. These are the results. You know, let's have your, if you're talking about growth, we want to see the, the pound signs, please, not percentages. Yeah, 100% of one is still very low. So give us the numbers, make it easy and answer the questions. Well, some top tips there from a judge. You heard it straight from Della. So if you're planning on entering, head over to accountableexcellence.co.uk and enter today. So later in the show, we'll be delving into the new proposal from the ICAW to overhaul its current output-based CPD model in response to the, quote, the increasingly complex world which our members operate in. But before we get there, let's take a look at the three biggest articles causing a stir on Accounting Web this past week. And number three, it was a story from Lucy Cohen. Uh, Lucy took a swing at men-only golf days and said it's time to arrange more inclusive events. Uh, Della, I know you're someone who um, you're, you're someone who goes along to a lot of networking events, and um, and also quite a sporty person yourself, of course, triathlon uh, athlete yourself. So what do you make of this? Is it time to uh, say goodbye to these golf days? I think Lucy made the point and um, I don't think I've ever been invited to a golf day. Uh, but I do know that some businesses do run golf days where they have facility for the, the learners, that you can have a golf lesson instead and network that way. So that's a little bit more inclusive. 
But generally, I think you'd need a variety of events that people can come along to. Um, sport isn't for everyone. I'd love to have everybody doing triathlons. Imagine that, a triathlon networking day. My gosh. Uh, the comment section on the article... It's quite mixed. I think the, d- the debate was there. Jane Wanless said, I've never been invited to a golf day, similar to what you said there, Della. I remember an office golf day, no invite for me as a team building exercise with a limited number of men invited. Um, it did and told damage to the team spirit in the office. And Mr. Mischief said, other events are much better, uh, are a much better idea for business networking and leave the golf days to folk who actually enjoy the game. Uh, and Jason Croke in the comment section also uh, brought up a good thing that his firm Rainer uh, Essex was doing where they uh, I think they've got a uh, a women only golf day as well which um, tries to um, make it more inclusive for everyone thereby bringing in people who naturally might not have got the invite before uh, Tom what did you make of this story yeah I mean I think golf is kind of a lightning rod for this this sort of perceived white male privilege I mean you know it, it, it is traditionally a sport um a sport for people with a lot of time a lot of money you know the kit's expensive um previously it's quite i mean just just as an aside i think golf clubs prior to the pandemic golf clubs were actually really struggling you know there's plenty of uh, golf clubs around us that have been sort of redeveloped for housing and things they've just not been able to you know years gone by they had waiting lists of members and, and, and now they're sort of desperate. It's sort of pay-as-you-play. I, I think the pandemic, I think golf clubs were one of the ones, first ones you could open after the pandemic. So I think they did fairly well off the back of that. But, I mean, generally in terms of the story, I think this is just a common sense angle here. If you're going to organise something for your staff or for your clients, just try and, try and do something that everyone can get involved in. Um, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with... You know, and a sort of individual. If if yourself and a client are both golf fans and 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 get on well, then just just go and play around as friends. You know, you don't need to make it a um a big song and dance. Um, you know, I I, I just think it's yeah, it's common sense. So, Della, Lucy listed a number of options. What what would you kind of consider to be a good kind of alternative when it comes to networking? Uh, there's also considerations like if you're a parent, it's not great to have these golf days out um, outside school hours if you or, or certainly times when you've got to pick up kids so what would be a kind of a good example of of a networking event that you've attended my personal favorite always involves food um but again variety a lot of people you know don't enjoy food as much as i do i can't understand why but um you know i've been i went to my first opera on a networking event which was uh, interesting um, and I'll probably go to another one, but I, I think they're, I, I prefer the musical theatre that my kids do. So, you know, you can go and watch something, be that cultural, be that sporting. Um, you can go and do something. Networking is quite popular. And again, that's something that's increased with the pandemic. Uh, it's gentle fitness. And also you get to be able to move around and talk to different people, which for me is quite important that, you know, I can pick and choose who I want to talk to and not get trapped in one corner with the person who wants their tax advice free of charge or whatever it is. So, yeah, just having a variety, I, I think, is the important thing. You know, you've got diverse clients, you've got diverse staff members, hopefully. So let's have diverse networking events. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think, as you mentioned, uh, Thomas, 
of knowing your audience, isn't it? Knowing if, if, if you may have a niche in golf clients, perhaps it might be a good idea to have a golf day. Um, but yeah, know your audience, I guess. Know your clients. Uh, next top story this week is uh, on the news that the accounting watchdog, the FRC, has announced that it will take control of audit registrations with the power as well to strike off firms. Up to 30 auditors will be affected by the proposals. Uh, alongside removing registrations, new powers will also enable the FRC to impose uh, various different conditions and suspensions as well. Um, Dana, what do you make of this? Uh, we've uh, we've long heard of um, uh, whispers and news of the of uh, of of Arga, the, uh, the 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 eventual watch regulator which would take over the FRC, which has promised to beef up its um, its approach to uh, to audit registrations, audit firms. Is this a good step in that direction? Is it too little, too late? What do you make of this news? I'm really not quite sure. It depends whether it will actually be used, this new power, or if it's just something that will be threatened, although perhaps the, the threat is, is enough. I'm sort of sitting here rolling my eyes because you know, I've been around long enough that uh, you, know, you have all these different regulators come in with different names and pretty much the same story every time. But hopefully there will be more regulation. There will be things tightened up. You know, I'm... I'm a member of ICAEW, and we we do want to do the best for our clients. Even though I don't audit anymore, we need to preserve the standards of the profession if we want to uh, be be seen as the best. Absolutely, Tom. Um, I remember uh, quite fondly you uh, writing a piece for us a few years back on on Argo. Fire up the Argo was the headline. Um, <laughs> is this a direction in turning up the fire? <laughs> My goodness, yeah, it's been a bit of a slow burner, this one, hasn't it? Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, the sort of audit regulatory space, I think for outsiders, it's a fairly labyrinthine setup. Um, you know, the assumption would be that, that there will be one supervisor looking after everything, and that's not that's not the case. And I, I think that really feeds in. I mean, certainly when I, um, when I was over at ICAW, um, you know, in, a, in, in my capacity as... as as editor of the, the the sort of insights publication, um, certainly people within ICAW's um, audit faculty would rail against the sort of media reporting of audit failures, um, you know, as being sort of unfair against auditors. And th there's certainly an element of that that is true, um, but also uh, it, it it it's not as transparent as it could be. Um, as, as it were, and I, I think there needs to be a communication piece, you know, with as and when we get this, you know, we're still waiting for Arga, you know, it needs proper legislation to be passed in order for Arga to come into being, um, you know, it is gearing up that way now, you know, we've got your chairman, we've got your chief executive, it's all sort of just waiting, you know, the government have uh, had other things on their mind, um, shall we say, but um, yeah, it, it, it is hopefully... Um, they will be able to communicate um, their role and the role of auditors in, in a better way. Well, certainly one to watch, I'm sure, whenever this news will eventually, <laughs> whenever uh, anything else will actually happen and progress here. Uh, moving on then to the most read story of the past seven days. And this is one which has been pretty big on the site, actually, to be honest, over the past month. This is the news over the 
new company's house reform, the proposal is that um, one of the proposals as part of the company's house uh, reform is that uh, small companies will have to file P&L accounts. Uh, accountants across the profession has have actually urged the government to reconsider its plans uh, to broaden the amount of sensitive information filed as part of this proposal. Uh, in a recent webinar that we did on Accounting Web, 73% of the audience opposed this proposal with only 27% supporting it. Um, it kind of varied both ways. An example uh, on the site, Tony Austin uh, argued that if a business wants limited liability, then anyone doing or intending to do the business with it should be able to see what profit it makes, how it makes it and what it does with it. They also sh also they should also be able to see who controls it on a day-to-day -day basis. There is no compulsion for a business to incorporate. If the business owner wants to, wants secrecy, secrecy, they can be sole traders or partnerships. So whilst there is opposition to this, obviously there are those who support the proposal. Uh, Della, what do you think about this proposal? Is it something which you feel could be quite effective in clamping down on fraud or is it yet another layer of responsibility to be foisted on agents and small companies. I'm looking forward to the Accounting Web article comparing all the profits of the accountants <laughs> around. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it is right that um, privacy is one of the things that is the cost of incorporation. That was always the old-fashioned view, but that disappeared long ago. There's no real benefit to the public interest of having that extra information, um, would I disincorporate my own business? Probably not, I can't be bothered, but um, yeah, and, and if anybody wants to look at my accounts, well, you're obviously having a very sleepless night. So most, um, most people may be too bothered, but it could be quite commercially sensitive, and, and that's the, the real issue. If your competitors get to see you know, your P&L, your profit margins, you know, your, your average salaries, things like that will be visible on that. So that there's, there's some quite sensitive stuff out there that could be quite damaging. Um, but then you know, they, they have the option to disincorporate, become a, a partnership or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't think there's any real benefit to it. Tom, the point Della made there was something which was brought up on the webinar and brought up in the various different comments on the different articles we've had on Accounting Web, that it could create this nosy neighbour culture, people kind of uh, competitors or even employees within a business kind of snooping in, looking, and perhaps it may lead them to the wrong impression of what's actually happening in, in the business. What's your take on, on this story? Yeah, I mean, it certainly is a, a, a treasure, potential treasure trove of information. I mean, it's important to say the draft bill hasn't even, you know, come yet. So there's there's plenty of um, plenty of road to travel on it. Um, I think, I mean, Steve Collings made a good point on the webinar about this. I mean, why why are we doing this? Well, you know, they're saying, well, to to, to sort of um, combat fraud. Um, and 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 I think Steve mentioned. I mean, that like. <laughs> there needs to be more of a holistic look at this, you know, um, once they file the company's house, the horse has bolted, you're just shutting the door. Um, you know, I, I think a, a, a 
comprehensive look at AML regulations would be a good start. If you can create a company on company's house for, you know, what is it, like 100 quid or something like that, and, and, and file, you know, any old nonsense on there because no one's going to check it. Um, I, I know that things are in, in, in train to sort of try and beef that up a bit. But again, I mean, it's it, it's sort of trying to take a more holistic look at this. Uh, what, what are you... What are you trying to tackle, and how are you how are you going to tackle it? it uh, yeah, it, it 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 seems, you know, it doesn't seem like they're they're sort of putting everything together, as it were. Yeah, Della, it does seem like there are issues all around that need kind of sorting. There's a lot of holes which need covering, and uh, maybe this might be one aspect, but there's certainly need to um, to uh, as Tom mentioned a plaster over some of these other um these other leaks as well um well those are the big stories from the past seven days let's move on to the big discussion point of this particular episode and this is the news that icaew is set to shake up its cpd requirements for members by shifting away from the current model based on personal responsibility to an hours based model um on accounting web the um i guess the reaction seems mostly to be against the move we'll find out now um what della has to think or has to say about this one so uh della it seems that icaw is looking for more tangible evidence so what does this kind of mean in practice it's been driven in part part of these these audits and, and things like that is in order to improve the standard of audits, ICAW wants to make sure that everybody's got all the right CPD and things like that. So it's currently out for consultation with members. So members have the opportunity to comment on it. But moving away from the old sort of self-assessment back to what most professional bodies do, which is now as based thing. The interesting thing is they are looking at um, the accountant's role to see you know, if, if you're just a, another accountant in a small practice, you only need a, a certain amount of hours of CPD. If you are the lead auditor for a pie audit, then obviously it's a, a lot more high exposure and therefore high risk for the Institute. And perhaps you need a little bit more as a minimum CPD. And of course, these hours requirements are the minimum. Yes, there's going to be kind of like a tapering system, isn't there, from... As you said, the 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 auditors looking after uh, the the the, the pie audits, and then it moves down to those. Um, I think it's like three different stages as well. Um, is this kind of the right approach? Would you say? I think ICAW needs to be seen to be doing something, um, and being in line with other professional bodies is probably easier for outsiders to to look at. I, I was quite happy with the old system, but I I, th- I can see the need to move. The other interesting thing is they're making ethics compulsory. So there will be some ethics CPD compulsory every year, which I believe is being provided by ICAW. And that in, in a way is more important that we are covering the right things. Yes. Uh, well, a moment ago, we were talking about the uh, various different scandals in the audit sector itself. So uh, it's no wonder that there is this kind of shift to, um, to to bring in kind of the ethics angle on it as well. Tom, 
you've kind of followed the the story on the site. Have you got any thoughts about this kind of shift to a new model, or as we say, as as Della said, kind of a a shift backwards to what the model was? Yeah, I enjoyed the uh, particularly enjoyed the comment about uh, how reading Accounting Web is his best CPD. I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I, again, I mean. It's difficult. CPD is a. It, it, it's more of a state of mind, really, isn't it? The 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 idea of um, you know developing yourself throughout your career. I think you know, and I, do correct me if I'm do correct me if I'm wrong here, Della. But it it very much felt to me in the past. You get your qualification. You could sort of roughly do a you know rest on your laurels and and, and sort of do a job. Um, you know, in in accountancy for for ten fifteen years, and 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 not have to do a great deal of CPD. But I mean, like particularly the way that technology has sort of driven change. The pandemic has obviously uh, sort of accelerated that. Um, I think there is a need to continually develop your knowledge um, around the sector. I think there there is more of a, a, a driving need to do that. So. Yeah, maybe maybe this maybe this is just a recognition that uh, you you do need to keep um, you do need to keep abreast of what's going on in the industry. So we've kind of established that there is kind of a need to um, uh, to, to kind of beef up um, requirements. There was some criticism raised um, about the proposals. Um, training provided, uh, Vivek Mihan said that. Uh, it may create a tick box culture where uh, members are just signing up for various different webinars just to quote hit their hours. Um, I hope no one does that with Account Web Live webinars because I'm sure they would kind of. I hope certainly no one does that with my webinars. I hope I kind of capture everyone through the whole uh, hour webinar. But Dallas is kind of a concern. How can we kind of avoid that issue of of people just getting to the point where they just sign up to different webinars, have them playing in the background whilst they do something else it's very hard it comes down to whether the individual understands why cpd is so important i went to an accounting um, conference slash exhibition and came away with a certificate that said i'd done i think it was nine hours of cpd i hadn't been to a single talk so i have a piece of paper that says i've done this which which i haven't um yeah, I spent the time talking to software suppliers because that's what I was there for on that particular occasion. So it, it's looking at what value there is, as you say, is it a, a tick box exercise? And I'm not quite sure how you can do that. Um, ideally, CPD has some quick questions at the end. But again, that takes time. Do Accounting Web really want to put questions at the end of each of their webinars to see who's been listening to you, Richard, and what you had for breakfast and <laughs> whatever else? So it's, it's, as always, comes back to individual responsibility. And I hope with, you know, with firms that, you know, the partners will ensure that all their team are keeping up to date on the things that they need as well as themselves. That was something which uh, Account Web member Paul and Leeds said. He said in the past, employments have attended day and a half courses, updates on tax and accountancy. I think some people were saying that when they were working for big four firms, that was kind of provided in-house. Uh, but he did say that so much is crammed into them after two hours, my brain is fried. So I guess it's almost a trying to change that culture within firms as well. And, and those providing these sessions, how can we do this? So it's not 
kind of overwhelming in a sense. Yeah, and it's certainly, I mean, the 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 accountancy CPD gravy train, um, you know, the 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 ecosystem that's sort of grown up round has has been uh, fantastic for um, for some people, you know, in terms of sort of lecturing and uh, and and putting on courses and things. And um, yeah, I, as I say, some as Della mentioned there, some some things are, uh, are sort of better than others, but it is. Um, it's it's very tricky it's very subjective i mean like 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 your example that like what you probably got a hell of a lot from speaking to all those software providers that probably would count as cbd to me but someone who'd um been a tax accountant for 25 years would probably say oh you're just chatting to software providers that shouldn't count so yeah there's an element of subjectivity in there isn't there and that's why the the self-assessment bit will still be part of it that you are doing the right sort of CPD that you need. You know, I, I coach accountants on the business skills as well as on you know, the, the technical stuff. So yeah, I do an awful lot of reading business books and webinars and things like that. So for me, that's, that's a mixture of you know, the reading is the unstructured, but I still need to do a certain amount of structured where I attend a, a course. You know, when I write a course, I can count that towards my CPD and things like that so it, it's more than just going to courses you can have the unstructured stuff as well it's just harder to prove that. Mm. Um, one thing we did mention a moment ago and is worth coming back to was that tapering part of the new proposal something which Rebecca Cave uh, commented on uh, on the article on the site uh, Rebecca, of course, tax editor on Accounting Web. She said, surely every professional needs to keep their skill and knowledge completely up to date, whether they are advising Bob the Greengrocer or a multinational supermarket. Smaller, poorer clients and larger, rich ones deserve the same level of skill applied to their problems. Um, could that be an issue if we're having this kind of tapering system where the uh, those with the uh, working in areas at more risk could potentially have uh, a a higher level of skill uh, uh, due to the uh, the amount of CPD they're required to um, undertake. And in a way, Rebecca's got a point. Um, I was a, a sole practitioner, so I had to be able to potentially advise my clients on all sorts of things, or at least to know enough to refer them to an expert. Whereas a partner in a large firm only needs to know a very limited area because they have in-house tax audit and whatever. So um, a, it may be seen as lower risk, but actually if you've got to cover the whole breadth, perhaps not the whole depth, you still need to do a minimum amount. And I think that's recognised in the proposals. There is a minimum amount. Mm. Nobody gets away with doing nothing. Yeah, it's. I think that's key there, minimum amount, isn't it? It's not... Um, uh, no one's going to tell you off for doing more. No. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you just keep to that minimum. Don't do anything more than that. <laughs> Watch your Richard's webinars. That's it, yeah. Um, um, so it's, it's certainly um, CPD is one of those things which can become an afterthought. So Della, can you give any kind of tips for people wanting to um, get the most out of CPD rather than just, quote, hitting the hours? So how can they get the most out of it? Um, and get kind of value stuff that would help them in their own um, in their own day to day career. 
That's really hard to answer for somebody like me who I constantly want to be learning new stuff. I constantly want to be improving myself, even outside of accountancy. You know, I take singing lessons. I take Spanish lessons. It's just part of the way I am. Um, I would suggest that you try and book some CPD each month, um, you know, a few hours here and there. There are, you know, ICAW run a lot of courses themselves. You've got your own accounting web webinars. So there's plenty available that people can sign up to to do on a regular basis, so little and often. And then it's not this big chore of a day and a half and your brain's exhausted after the first couple of hours by the first tea break. It's sort of the approach when it comes to buying Christmas presents, isn't it? Don't wait till the last day, kind of take that approach small and often rather than Christmas Eve and do all your CPD then. Uh, Tom, of course, there's a lot of compliance issues that's coming up. So naturally, there's awful lot to learn anyway, due to the ever-changing nature of the profession. So um, anything you would kind of advise there, especially as you mentioned there, software is becoming such a big thing as well. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one on that on that specific software point. I'm not sure that um, any of the major bodies have really cracked um, how to um, how to sort of I don't know if teach accounting software is the right word, but sort of make people aware of it. And you know, certainly um, certainly the, the the bodies I've spoken to were always a bit wary about. Um, you know, introducing, say, students to one particular brand of software. I mean, they didn't want to look like they were biased towards one one particular um, brand or, or or another. So, you know, there are there are difficulties. Um, you know, you you sort of feel that the the um, the body that cracks this has a um, has a major advantage. Um, you know, I've I've <laughs> I've heard good things about the way that ICB, for example, teach um, teach software. Um, you know, so, so introducing them to a few sort of uh, cloud-based packages. Um, thing, uh, so I, I think that there is, there's definitely um, scope to bring a bit more sort of tech knowledge in there, so they're not getting all their their sort of accounting um, accounting software tips from uh, you know Miss Excel dancing on TikTok. <laughs> well, the consultation runs until the 18th of May. We'll include a link in the show notes for more information well that's it for this week's episode so a big thank you to Della Hudson for being our star accountant this week so thank you Della but before we go we have a special announcement announcement of a brand new show hitting the Accounting Web podcast channel next week we are delighted to launch No Accounting for Tech Tom as the host of this new podcast describe to our listeners what they can expect from this new show yeah I think um, obviously this illustrious podcast has been running for a hundred plus episodes. Um, we've, we've kind of kept to the kept to the format fairly rigidly, haven't we? You know, the the sort of magazine-y, you know, five, five or ten minutes. You know, like the one show for accountants, maybe <laughs> <laughs> perhaps without the sort of jarring segues. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I kind of felt um, having come back into this tech editor role that there was a bit more of a space for longer form chats with interesting people um exploring um a few more sort of tech angles um so yeah it's 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 a sort of 20 25 minute ramble with um with a guest so next week next week we'll feature uh caroline plum who is founded uh founded fluidly obviously has a has a quite a sort of technology entrepreneur background i, I you know 
content warning I, I do use the phrase serial entrepreneur in it <laughs> so I do apologize in advance but uh, yeah Caroline recently has taken up the position of group CEO at Jeffries Henry sort of mid-tier firm which you know for many might seem a bit of a left turn at the lights um, for, a, for an entrepreneurial type but as I say she's very interesting about that and what her tech background will bring to the um, will bring to the firm and just to get her views generally so yeah it's a good chat so do tune in next week certainly yeah so look out for that one landing in your pod feed soon uh, so that's next week and then we'll be back the following week with a brand new episode of no accounts for taste but until then you can catch up with all the latest news from the world of accountancy on accountaweb.co.uk but until next time bye for now <laughs>